0: game is over The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official New York Jets
1: podcast, a Jets 360 production.
2: What's up, everybody? Thanks for downloading the official Jets podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen, we have a very special show today. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, will be joining us. The Senior Bowl, of course, is later this week. If you don't know anything about Jim, well, real quick, he took over as executive director of the Senior Bowl in June 2018. He spent 18 years in the NFL. He was an area scout. He was a national scout for four years with the Chiefs. He was a part of six Super Bowl teams, four of which hoisted the Lombardi Trophy, the Packers, the Patriots two times, and lastly for the Seattle Seahawks. This guy, no scouting. We'll talk to him. And You don't, get, the, the you don't get a
1: position like that unless you are a well-respected person uh, within the National Football League. Think about what Phil Savage did there for so many years, and I think this is a great move uh, for Jim and his family. He lives down there in Mobile, knows that area. And he also brings that background of being a longtime scout greens to the process. So he is going to think of it in terms of how can I showcase the prospects and get them acclimated to NFL conditions that they will have to prepare for if they're going to be playing on Sundays in the National Football League. And he's going to take them through the entire week. And I believe you're going to go down there with our guy Frank the Tank. You'll be covering this for the Jets, uh, I believe you guys are going down there on Monday or Tuesday, and then practices Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday are the big practice days, and then yep. they scale back towards later in the week, and ultimately you got your game on Saturday. But I'm sure Jim is going to do a tremendous job.
2: Jim views this position as a stewardship to the city of Mobile. That's what he said. And I think that what's really stuck out to me is really how quickly he hit the ground running, and we'll talk to him about this shortly. But Jim said that he and his staff of scouts that help pick the guys to uh, send invites to the Reese's Senior Bowl, they talk to NFL teams to see what players they want to see down in Mobile because that's, that's their customer pretty much. And the players are going to go through a week of what it's like to be like in the NFL up to the point, up to the detail, where their off day, Friday in this case, the day before the game, they're schools go and, hospitals, to schools and hospital visits, just like a Tuesday in the NFL, when players have their off days in the regular season and they do different community activities. And, it's it's
1: community like a Tuesday in yeah. the National Football League. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. It's down to the
2: button. Cons- so I think it's great for all players, and not to mention when you look at smaller school prospects. I mean, last year Nathan Shepard was a D two prospect down there. Marcus Davenport was a first round pick. And at the time, he was not regarded as one. Will Hernandez, second-round pick for the Giants, had a great week down there in Mobile. So uh, the Senior Bowl, while it may not be as – it doesn't have the amount of prospects as the combine has, it's still a very valuable time for both the players and the scouts and the team.
1: It's more intimate. I like it uh, from that perspective. It feels smaller, even though a lot of NFL personnel are there. It feels a little bit more relaxed. Then, Indianapolis, the Combine is such a monstrous event as the NFL takes over that city, Indianapolis. It's got a different feel down there in Mobile as the NFL's offseason really begins in earnest because you kind of, if you're taking people through the calendar, is that Senior Bowl week is at the same time where some of the NFL's best will be down in Orlando, Florida for the Pro Bowl. And then, That weekend, actually, there's Jets House in New York City. And then after that, you start looking forward to Indianapolis and the Combine and the start of free agency. So this is all going to happen really quick. And for you avid listeners, here is a green favorite that you're going to have to remember in the months ahead, that is Andy Isabella from UMass. That is an Ethan Greenberg guy. Oh, that's an Ethan Greenberg oh, guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Greens loves him. Uh, I, I can tell. He's a little bit of smaller guy, quick <laughs> and fast as heck, as Jim will tell us about. So, uh, UMass uh, Minuteman, uh, a Minuteman, but uh, he's probably a guy who can run the mile in 45 seconds.
2: All right. <laughs> we talked about him, but no better person to talk to you about the Reese's Senior Bowl. Then the executive producer of the game, here's Jim Nagy. All right, Jim, let's go back to when you took over as the executive director of the Senior Bowl. We know you have a decorated resume as a scout in the NFL, but what appealed to you about this role?
0: Well, yeah, guys, it, uh, we, we've, I've lived in Mobile for 11 years. So this is this has been home for us. It's my wife's hometown. We we were we are bouncing around the country um with scouting for, for a long time and uh and when we started having kids it, it got to be a lot. So we really wanted to get closer to family. So we've been in Mobile and then uh so this game is, has meant a lot, you know, really means a lot to the city of Mobile and, and Mobile and Baldwin County's down here. You know, seventieth annual game this year. So really when the out when the when the job came up after the draft last year it was an opportunity for me to uh, just a quality of life move. You know, yeah. the, the NFL scouting thing is, is really a grind. You're on the road more than half the year, um, and it's a challenging profession when you're single with no kids, and it takes on a lot of different uh, – impacts you a lot when, you, when you've when you got a family. And my son uh, is going to be high school age now, and he's playing high school sports, and I just started to miss all the good stuff. So when this, when this came open, I really uh, – compelled to jump by it and you know when i called the seahawks you know john schneider our gm was great about it we were really good friends and he's he's great with my family and i said john you know if i'm not their guy i can live with that but you know i don't want to be 65 70 years old and look back on 2018 where i had a chance to maybe change um you know, change the circumstance for my family and and not do it. So I just went for it, and thankfully things worked out.
1: Well, the Reese's Senior Bowl, as you know, Jim, the preeminent college all-star game for the past 68 years. And I know your staff is striving to improve the event for the National Football League. So what were your first steps once you took over this new position?
0: Yeah, we, you know, we, first thing locally, we, we created a thing called the Senior Bowl Ambassador Club. So we've got a really rich history down here, um, football history down here, and I wanted to, uh, create a, create a group for, for all the former players, for all the former NFL guys that are, that are from Mobile and Baldwin counties down here, and, and a lot of them that, that played in our game. I mean, just and just create a group, um, you know, where guys could give back to the community, create a brotherhood for them. So that was really the first thing I did. We've got 58 guys signed up right now. Like right now, Mobile's got 16 players. Mobile and Baldwin County have 16 active players in the NFL mm-hmm. between our two little counties, and uh, that's third most of any community in the United States. So Miami's got 24, Houston's got 20, and we've got 16. So um, you know, per capita, it's pretty amazing. So I, I wanted to do that, which we did. And then, really, on the football side of things um you know i hired a i hired a scouting staff made up of all former n f l scouts guys that I've worked with that got let go in last year's you know kind of hiring firing cycle and uh you know again, you work in football, you're gonna lose your job at some point and you get caught in the crosshairs you know in, in a regime change or whatnot you you know a new g m comes in you're not you're not a quote unquote his guy um so so guys do get let go, so yeah, I hired four guys to helped me cover the country geographically. It worked out perfectly this year. Um, so we scouted it up. I had the southeast, and we, we, we cut it up into in fifths and, and covered the country. Had a couple of scouting assistants here in-house. In and then, uh, you know, just hit it really hard, tried to make this thing like the 33rd personnel department and uh, really just tried to revamp um, the way we, we did our scouting and, and handle the football aspect of the business.
2: How do you feel like you're, what you just mentioned – is going to help the game itself and help the players that accept invites to the game.
0: Well, it's it's really going to help our rosters, right? So we, you know, we, um, you know, having an experienced group of guys that that know what they're looking at, and you know, the hard part for us is we don't have a budget like an NFL team. You know, we don't have a we don't have a billion dollar owner. Um, so mm-hmm. what we can't do, we, you know, we, our scouts, we don't have the budget for guys to be on the road all the time. And, you know, taking flights and staying in hotels. So, really needed a, a really connected uh, network of guys that had been in the league forever. So, the four guys had 69 years of experience. So, whether that's connected at a school and having a, you know networks with all the schools they've been to into in the past, or a network of other scouts uh, to reach out to and find out about small school players that you know maybe slip through our cracks. It was really important to. Uh, to bring that group together. And again, um, you know, I might have to restaff that on a yearly basis just because guys will, you know, obviously want to jump back into the league when they can. So uh it might be an ever changing process for us. But really it really worked out great. You know, one of the last phases of our was of our of our process was once we had our board created and built uh, and we felt good about it, you know, and all the games and, and tape we've seen, we uh the week of Thanksgiving Got got together with 17 NFL teams and got on the phone with either college directors or general managers or sometimes both of them were on the call and uh, you know guys that had access to their entire board and all their grades and we just kind of we went through the board and okay at that point I'd invited 60 players uh, went through that group and, and made sure those guys were okay with the first 60 and then we had you know we had about another 30 earmarked of of guys we really wanted to invite based off the way we saw things, um, and then we worked the cut line at every position you know so there's for for example, if there was three spots on the defensive line and we had about nine names, okay, you know going through the teams which of of these nine like who would you want to see in those three spots and we just took detailed notes and you know these rosters are for them we're we're, we're building these these rosters for the thirty two teams so I really really wanted to use their input um and and uh, so that was kind of the last last. Step of the process but it's been great you know I mean it's it's been exciting that was really the most rewarding part personally for me is just to see all that hard work our football staff did um, in building that board and how much we were aligned with the with the 32 teams there really wasn't a lot of variance we saw things very much the same um, so it really was a reason it was really a, a, an easy roster build this year.
1: Jim you spent 18 years in the National Football League area scout all over the place like you mentioned the West the Midwest the Southeast, you were a National Scout for the Kansas City Chiefs. How much did you enjoy coming to Mobile as a Scout and being able to watch all these different players from different conferences, from big schools, from smaller schools, out there on the field, getting coached up by NFL staffs for the first time and hopefully uh uh, later on, they'll be able to benefit from those experiences as professionals if they ultimately become NFL players, but also that opportunity to sit down with the guys at night and interview them.
0: Yeah, guys, it was a critical week. Um, it really is a critical part of the process. You know, working in the league, you always saw this week as the kind of the unofficial kickoff to the draft. Um, draft process for the year. This was kind of the first phase: All Star Games, and then you know, Combine, and then Pro Days, and then and then Draft days. So no, it was a, it was a big week. It's great to see. You know, it's great for the smaller school guys to kind of see them up on a on a big stage against the big boys. That's always big. You know, just to see the competitive nature of some of these players. See it comes out in the practice field, being able to get down right there at field level. Um, see some of the drills. Really, some of the one on one stuff is is really. Uh, valued heavily in the nfl the o-line d-line and the corner wide out one-on-one periods, linebacker running backs is, are, are huge and again like you talked about the interview process is, is uh plays a big part of it too so you finally you get to go into the schools in the fall and you, you get a lot of the feedback from everyone in the building you know coaches and support staff and you really try to figure these players out but the all-star game is really that the first time you, you can get your hands on them yourself is as an NFL club. So that starts the process of trying to, you know, create those relationships, getting to see what makes these guys tick, where they came from, um, get all those questions answered. So it's, a, it's an absolutely huge week. And, again, coming to Mobile was great because uh, it is a smaller town. It's got a, it's got a smaller town vibe to it. It's not like the Combine where, where it's Indianapolis and it's crazy and, you know, hectic big city. This is a little more slower paced, a little more relaxed the interview process was easier for the players um just because it's not uh you know in, in indy it can be a little more pressure packed whereas here it's it's more relaxed so it's just a great feel you know I've, all the scouts love coming down here and the coaches love coming down here because they're they're all creatures of habit they you know they go to the same restaurants and the same bars and um it's a walkable downtown so once they get down here to their hotels they can uh you know, they can just enjoy themselves. So it, it really was a week that everyone looked forward to.
1: Before Ethan asks his next question, I just wanted to ask, what are your, you are living down there in Mobile. Top three restaurants that you have to go to for any NFL personnel who are going down there. When they get a chance, maybe away from practice or away from a meeting or away from an interview, where do you got to eat?
0: Well, I, will, I don't want to offend anyone down here because <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm friends with a lot of these restaurateurs now. But I will say, if, you know, the Mobile Bay separates um, Mobile and Baldwin County, so we're right on the water down here. And on the causeway crossing over the bay, there's, there's a lot of great seafood spots. Um, so whether it's, uh, gosh, there's the original Oyster House and there's uh, the Bluegill and there's Ed's and there's Felix's. I mean, all those places have great seafood, you know, fresh out of the Gulf. And uh, that's what I know. That's what most guys in the league look forward to is come down here and get some shrimp and some gumbo. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, we got that Creole flavor down here. Um, and I know guys love, love to come down there and get that stuff.
2: All right, Jim, before we dive into the players, I just want to ask one more thing. As a longtime scout, what are the benefits of going down there, whether you're a scout for a team, what, whatever role, area scout, national scout, whatever? What are the benefits of being able to have this? early access to the players and then from the players perspective how helpful is the senior bowl week because from everything i've read you're really trying to emulate an nfl week even up to their off day which is on friday during senior bowl week and making hospital visits and local school visits so how helpful is it for both the player and the scout
0: yeah like we talked about it it's huge for the scouts because you really it's it's your first opportunity to to try to figure out the, the players right so um, the longer you scout, I mean, really watching the tape and, and figuring out the player, to me, was the easier part. The harder part is, is figuring out the person mm. and, you know, where they came from and, you know, how much do they really love football and everything that goes into it and the grind of it. And, um, you know, how how are they wired? How will money affect them? You know, is that going to change how they approach things, and just to, you know, on a uh, in that week, I mean, you see these guys at the hotel and how they, you know, interact with their coaches, and just to, you know, over that week, you really get a glimpse into how these guys handle the business. Do they show up for your me- scheduled meeting on time? You know, how do they dress? How do they, you know, when they're walking around the hotel, how do they carry themselves? Um, so all that stuff plays a big part. It's really you know, you you go to the combine, you might get them for, you know, 15 minutes, you know, and then, again, it's such a – they're so busy there with medicals and psychological tests. Um, you know, you, you you just get your hands more on them here, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, so that, that that's a critical part. And, again, all the on-the-field stuff, seeing how they're taking coaching during practice, you know, you could, you're right there at field level. You hear the coaching points the coaches are trying to make. then you can see how they take the coaching, how they apply the coaching, so you can really get it clued in on a guy's learning ability, um, his ability to translate coaching. So, I mean, all those little things make a big difference. Um, You know, it's the first time you really get to see their body type at weigh-ins. So, you know, you go out to practice when you go into the school and you see what they look like in their pads, but, you know, going to the weigh-ins, you really get a better feel for body composition and um, again, a lot of guys' work ethic shows up in their body, right? Yep. I mean, we all we all have different genetics, but certain guys look, you know, you can tell who's worked and who hasn't um, at those weigh-ins to, to, to a great degree. And then for the players, um, it's hugely, it's critical for them. I mean, one, they've earned it. It's a great opportunity for them. Um, I think that if you asked all these guys when they were coming out of high school as, you know, three, four, five star guys that, hey, in four years we, we promise you that you know, you've got a senior bowl invite waiting and I, I I think every single one of those kids would take it. Um so that's why to me now sitting in this chair it's interesting where where guys would, would back out at this point and not you know, not not embrace the, the opportunity they have because, you know, to be coached by two staffs, I mean just to impress those two teams alone. I know that if you go back and look at teams that have coached in this game and the correlation of the, the amount of picks they've used on the players that have actually coached here in mobile it's It's pretty amazing because they do. They get that. They get a real view of the player, what he's like in the meeting room, how he learns. You know, they feel like they've got a real, really good in. You know, inside look at these players. So, yeah, for them, it's 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 a huge week. At first, it shows they're competitive. It shows like they're they're the innate competitiveness of a guy, which is important because you know, especially coming up on that second contract again. Like we talked about the money part of it. If you're even a you know second third round pick, you're not making money that's going to set you up for your whole life, I mean, that's coming on the second contract. So, you know, I, I mean, guys want to know who, who are the real competitors because it's not going to matter once they make that big second contract if they really love it and are really competitive. So I think showing up down here shows the NFL teams that how innately competitive these guys are. And then just from a, you know, if, if you just look at from the process, like I talked about the interviews, coming down here and, and getting a lot of these interviews out of the way is huge for them. It, it, it clears their plate it for the Combine and also we started doing psychological testing down here a few years ago which knocks a bunch of that off their plate so so when they go to Indy so really it makes the combine a much easier process as well not only do they get the benefit of being down here and being around the teams and showing what they can do on the field um it also clears up and makes that combine week easier where they can just really focus on their on-field drills that week.
1: All right, Jim, uh, let's turn to personnel here. Uh, I think the Jets are pretty well set at the quarterback position. <laughs> they took Sam Darnold uh, with the number three overall selection in the 2018 draft, and he had a fine rookie season. And uh, The Jets have high hopes for him and what he'll be able to do with the new head coach here in Adam Gase. But let me ask you about the quarterback class there who is heading to mobile including daniel jones i see a a few interesting names there when you look at ryan finley from nc state will greer from west virginia west virginia of course uh, trace mcsorley penn state drew Locke, missouri will greer west virginia uh is this the best depth that has been there at the quarterback position in a while
0: yeah enough yeah, guys, I've been – this is my 23rd game, so and I'm I'm really not trying to say this because of the, the chair I'm sitting in now, I, but I don't – I can't remember. I went back over, like, the last 15 rosters. Now, like, last year is going to be pretty hard to beat in terms of having elite players. I mean, you had Baker go one, uh, Baker Mayfield go one, and Josh Allen go seven. So, obviously, last year's group was great with two top ten picks. But yeah. from top to bottom, um, from one to eight, I mean, it's really incredible, incredible depth. I mean, just going over – this group with the NFL teams, I mean, they're really excited about this group. You named most of them, and then you'd throw in Gardner Minshew. And, um, you know, Clayton Thorson from Northwestern is another guy that I know speaking with the Northwestern people last year, he was thinking about coming out early. Um, so they were putting out feelers to NFL teams about where they thought he might get drafted. Well, he ends up blowing his ACL in the bowl game last year and coming back. But, you know, they'd done their preliminary work in the, in the building at Northwestern, and uh, the 10 teams they reached out to. They had second- and third-round grades on Clayton. So, I mean, he's kind of a name that people are just glossing over with this roster. But um, to have 10 10 second- or third-round grades a year ago um, just tells you what the league thinks about him. So, yeah, really fired up about that quarterback group. I think there's, you know, three or four of those guys that could get in the first round. I mean, Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley's another guy that... You know, people aren't talking a lot about Ryan Finley was the highest-graded guy by the Combine Scouts last spring heading into this year. (laughs) So, um, yeah, from top to bottom, it's a great group.
1: Yeah, and even we didn't even talk about Stidham either from Auburn, who has uh, a lot of upside, I think. So uh, that's going to be a group to watch uh, uh, for a lot of scouts in attendance there Donna Mobile.
2: Jim, I want to ask about this pass rush group because I know a lot of Jets fans are eager to find someone to get after the quarterback. And you look at Montez Sweat, I think that's someone that a lot of fans know somewhat about. So what do you, what can you tell fans about Sweat? And then who are some of the other guys that you would say, hey, you know, don't sleep on this guy. This guy's going to be shooting up maybe in April.
0: Yeah, you know, Sweat's a really intriguing player. He's uh he looks like a basketball player when you see him. I mean, he's really long. He's got an 85-inch wingspan, so he's got that length everyone wants to see. But he's also got really heavy hands with that length, and that uh, that's not always the case. So when he brings his hands, he can really separate from blocks and get off people. Um, he, he's gonna he's gonna run fast. He doesn't always look fast because he's so tall. Um, you know, the foot turnover is not like the foot turnover of a you know a smaller guy. So he, but he can really cover ground with his strides. Uh, he's got over twenty you know he's got over twenty sacks the last two years in the s e c so you know really he's gone against top competition and been, been a really really productive player so Mont- montez is definitely you know in that first round mix uh, as an edge guy and I would say i mean it's a really good group from top to bottom. We could sit here and you know go seven or eight deep uh, that edge group. but the next guy for me um, that I'd like to bring up is a guy maybe your listeners haven't heard a lot about it's a kid named Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech. You know, he ended his career as the all-time, I think he he ended up tying Terrell Suggs, I believe, um, to be the all-time career college sacks leader. I think he hit in his bowl game like 44 or something for his career. Um, Pretty amazing. So, again, he's another guy that, um, you know, Marcus Davenport came down here last year. That's what I was just thinking when you just
1: said that. (laughs) Yeah, you know,
0: Davenport came down here as probably an early second-round projection, and, uh you know, you fast forward to draft day and, uh, he had a really nice week down here in practice. And also in the game, he had a strip sack in the game and the, you know, the saints ended up trading up for Marcus like the, he was the 13th or 14th pick. So, um, really helped himself. And I think that, that Jalen's in that mold and Jalen's actually a little looser as an athlete. He's got a, little, got a little more shake to him, mm. um, but he another long bodied guy, um, that's explosive off the edge and, and hard to block. So, um, yeah, really talented group. If you know, I, I I was so consumed with this college stuff this year, I didn't get all, I I didn't have a lot of time to really you know focus on what's going on in the NFL. I don't know what the Jets team needs are, but if they need pass rushers, they'll be able to they'll be able to find some down here.
1: Well, we're taping this here as uh, Adam Gase coming on board here uh, for the New York Jets, so we'll have to see what defensive system they're running in 2019. But hey, let me flip to the offensive side of the ball again. Uh, because the Jets are definitely going to add some pieces around Sam Darnold. We'll have to see uh, where and who, starting with free agency. But this wide receiver group is also intriguing to me. You're talking about a guy like Jalen Hurd, who played at Beller, who used to be a running back, of course, at Tennessee. Anthony Johnson, a a, a big target out of the University of Buffalo. That's not a school that we hear too much out of. but their football team is uh, really making waves lately. Debo Samuel from South Carolina, I think that guy's a playmaker. I think he's like in a, uh, Quincy Enunwa mold. Uh, that, uh, he's a guy who made a lot of plays, and unfortunately had. The injury uh, early on it, before last season, but then he came back and, and finished the year. And then David Sills, a productive player out of West And Virginia how about as well. Andy
2: Isabella out of UMass? You uh-huh. talk about you don't hear a lot about Buffalo. Feel like you don't hear anything out of UMass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, those guys. Yeah, I mean you hit a lot, on a lot of those big names. Um, Isabella. Yeah, just I mean let's speak to Isabella really quick. I mean he's a guy that you know he's a he's an undersea, you know he's a shorter white guy. So yeah, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna say, oh, just pigeonhole him as a little Patriot slot player. But he's uh, he's not that. He's not you know. People are gonna think quicker than fast. He's actually way faster than quick, and he is quick. But this kid can really fly. So um, just for background purposes, Andy was a high school player in Ohio. Uh, ran track. He won the 100 meters in the state of Ohio. Ran a 10.5 100 meter, which is flying um, for a high school kid. And in that same race was Denzel Ward from the you know, was the fourth pick last year to the yep. Cleveland Browns and he placed third in that same race with the 10, six, two. So, um, you know, Denzel ran four, three, four at the combine last year. If you're just taking those numbers, I mean, Andy Isabella might be a high four, two guy. Jeez. Um, so he can fly and, uh, really productive. He was a really easy guy to invite to this game. I, I threw on like two games and I knew I wanted him here. He, uh, you know, and then after we invited him, he goes down to Georgia late in the year and puts 200 yards up on Georgia. So, Um, really really productive player he can fly he's good with the ball in his hands he was a high school running back Um, I think he's going to be a playmaker at the next level really 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 exciting we talked about Debo Samuel at South Carolina Uh, yeah he he had the injury early last year he got off to a really hot start as a junior Um, probably would have come out as a junior but then uh, had a bad leg injury Uh, was a little slow coming off that this year but really late in the year if you look at the Clemson game I've had a couple NFL teams reach out to me and like man, have you seen Debo's Clemson game? And and he was he was off the charts. Um, so he looks all the way back, which is which is great. And then uh, you went down the list. I got another guy that pops out of that group for me is Jacoby Myers, who's a junior from uh, North Carolina State. So he's a guy we kind of had earmarked all fall, knowing that uh, possibly would come out. And you know he can come to our game because he's graduated already. You know we are the Senior Bowl, but they 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 had a rule change a couple of years ago where juniors could come in the game if they had their diplomas so um and that's why kids go to college right they go there to get their degree so why you know why penalize guys if they're if they're juniors if they've already taken care of their schoolwork and you know Jacoby went to NC State as a quarterback uh, they converted him to wide out and he's really a natural at the position that's what sticks out when you watch him he's he's got a lot of savvy as a route runner he's long he's got unbelievable ball skills when people are around him you know and that's the thing for college receivers You these spread offenses. A lot of these guys are are playing pitch and catch, and there's a lot of space where they catch the football. Um, Jacoby, and then they get to the pros, and they really struggle when those windows are tighter. Jacoby's a guy that can really make plays with people around him, and uh, so we're excited to get Jacoby, too. It's, It's from top to bottom a really, really nice group.
2: Jim, just one final question for you. Thank you so much again for joining us here. I want to talk about the offensive line, and who are some guys that pop to you, and what kind of experience do you think this could be for someone like Max Sharping who went to Northern Illinois or smaller school do you think that that is the kind of person the kind of player that could really excel and shoot up the draft boards because of Senior Bowl week
0: yeah guys this is this group you know going over the board like we did like I talked about with the with the 17 teams when I when I did that uh back in November this was the position group that they were they seemed the the most excited about um you know, the last couple of years, just you know, working in Seattle and <laughs> seeing what our draft board looked like at the offensive line position come draft day, it was, it was really, it was really lean. So uh, this group, we're really excited about. We've got both Wisconsin guards are coming down: Michael Dieter and and our guy Bo Benchowell. I probably just butchered that. We'll I'm just not, call, we'll
1: just call him Bo. Yeah,
2: we'll, Bo the Bench. He, he, go,
0: <laughs> he goes by he goes by Bo Bench on on his Twitter. So okay, I'll be able to, it fair. That, that,
2: that's easier.
0: Yep. And uh, you know you got Michael Dieter, who's who's you know to me he might be a first round pick. Um, and then we got the Oklahoma guards uh, Powers and Samia are both good players. Caleb McGarry at Washington, um, and it's just I mean it's really really a strong group. A lot of these guys can play multiple positions. Um, you know they're smart, they're tough. They've all played a ton of football at a high level. Um, a guy that really sticks out to me might be might end up being the best left tackle in this whole draft is Andre Dillard from Washington State Mm. you're not hearing a lot about him you're hearing Jonah Williams name from Alabama quite a bit Um, but Andre Dillard I've I've, I've spoken to people in the league you put on the tape to watch Gardner Minshew uh, the quarterback and then you see this guy dancing out there at left tackle and you're like holy cow Uh, I mean he's got great feet and great feeling pass protection and just can stay in front of people and that's and those guys are those guys are hard to find. So Andre Gillard is a guy that I think will build a lot of momentum out of this week and you talked about Mac Sharping, definitely um you know, Mac level player and then we, those guys always have something to benefit and even we've got a guy Titus Howard from up the road at Alabama State which is in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, a couple hours from us and uh, Titus is another guy that's got left tackle tools. I mean, a lot of these college guys that come out, they're really you you they're really right tackles only at the next level because they they can't handle that speed off the edge. And uh, Titus is a guy that's got the feet and got the athleticism. And now it's going to be how does he answer the bell on the big stage against the big boys? He did it in the one game they played this year against Auburn. He played really really well. That's when my phone uh, started ringing off the hook with with buddies in the league. They're like, "Wow, have you seen this kid from up the road?" And thank God I had it at that point. I didn't I didn't sound dumb, but but Titus really made a name for himself against Auburn and. Uh, we'll see how he does down here during the week. We're excited for him. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big week for all these guys, but that's there's going to be some uh, really good matchups in those one-on-one pass rush drills.
1: Well, you are ready. You got me ready for football. I know Jets fans are going to be eager to take it all in, Jim, and uh, congratulations to you and your family as you start out your second career, we shall say.
0: Yeah, I, pre- I appreciate it, guys, and, uh, you know, look forward to having everyone down here and Jets fans. Yeah, keep an eye on us. We've got the practices on ESPN every day and the NFL Network every day and then the games on the NFL Network. So, um, you know, people up there that can't make the trip down to Mobile, they can uh, watch every minute of it.
2: Great. Thanks, Jim. We'll see you in Mobile.
0: All right, guys. Thank you.
2: Many thanks to Jim. You can follow him on Twitter at Jimnaggy_sb. underscore SB. For Senior Bowl, not Super Bowl, I assume. Yeah. So, uh, uh, great stuff from Jim. You can really tell that he puts a lot of thought behind this. And I will say, I I don't know if he's listening right now as we record this, but you mentioned Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank yesterday told me to watch Jalen Ferguson highlights because he watched him the other day, and he said he liked him. And sure enough, Jim Nagy likes him too. Just the way Jim talked about
1: him and – Knowing how pass rushers are valued in the National Football League, am I kind of getting the feeling that this guy's going to be a first-round pick oh, in April?
2: Okay, I could. Yeah, I mean for sure. I don't know what he's projected now.
1: Davenport, Port, remember we were talked. You were down there last year, and everybody said he's raw, but he's got yeah. a great athlete and all this stuff. Who would have predicted that the New Orleans Saints would have traded their own one in 2017? Yeah. I mean, eighteen, and they're one this year in yep. order to get Davenport, and they're hoping he can cause some damage. Is uh, he,
2: he's made some splash plays down there in the but, Big Easy this season? Yeah,
1: I like those ends. The Saints ends. You got Cameron Jordan, and then opposite of him is the young Davenport. So they're happy with him. So, yeah. Listen, over the next uh, few weeks and then months, we're gonna uh, you're gonna start hearing more about different names. Sure, for. Uh, the last, whatever, 12, uh, last six months we've heard about Tua uh, and Trevor Lawrence and these kids who are playing freshman quarterback for Alabama, or uh, uh, Tua is, I guess, a sophomore, and then yep. Lawrence is a freshman, and everybody's saying he's going to be the top overall pick in 2021.
2: Well, yes, let, t- let, tank let for Trevor has already started on Twitter. <laughs> Let's just get through 2019 first, shall we? <laughs> I totally agree, I, and I thought what Jim said about Ryan Finley was extremely interesting that he was the highest-rated guy at at the Combine last year for this upcoming year. And I, I know that last year's quarterback class with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Josh Rosen and Lamar Jackson, I know that was a very QB-rich class, and I think that the discrepancy between last year's class and this year's class, that sure, there's a discrepancy, but I, I think Dane Brugler said it best of The Athletic. I think that it's a little over... The, gr- the group right now is undervalued. He believes that there are still a lot of quarterbacks that will go in the first round. Wayne I-
1: Haskins going number one overall. I, th-
2: I think top three. I think top three. I don't know about number one overall. Kyler
1: I, Murray, is he being
2: drafted in the first round? Uh, there's been a lot of steam of this morning about the video. Have you seen this video?
1: Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury said I'd take him number one overall. Yeah, I know. So wow, this, he's this got is the number one overall pick. I don't know if he's controlling the roster there in Arizona just yet, but we'll find out. Yeah, that
2: would and then the that third, would be crazy. Oh my!
1: And God. another name, uh, the, the guy who, re, who I really think, and you mentioned Finley, let's stay in ACC. You're going to th- say Daniel yeah, Jones. Yeah, I, can, I, can, I think he can really help himself. Yeah. With a strong showing at the Senior Absolutely. Bowl.
2: Absolutely. And so, again, this is... And I, I'm so curious what we would have said this time of year, last year, about the guys that ended up going in the first round and whatnot. Like Marcus Davenport, I don't think, was on anybody's radar, at least from a fan perspective. Of course he was on the radars of the scouts and whatnot. But you didn't hear a lot about Marcus Davenport. You didn't hear a lot about Will Hernandez. You didn't hear a lot about a lot of these guys up until the Senior Bowl. And then there was always late risers... From the Senior Bowl to the Combine and then the Combine to the draft, and so this is just the start of the process. But the it really, Jets took it,
1: Nathan Shepard. Yeah, a, and he had a great
2: week in the Senior Bowl. Well,
1: early on, and he what broke his hand? He or broke something, his hand, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Early on, he, he really flashed, and that helped the stock, no doubt about it. And he became a third round pick, and then he ends up starting uh, most of the year for the Green and White.
2: So the Senior Bowl is is a very helpful time of year, especially for teams like Jim said. To so just get to know the guys and get to know what kind of people the players that they're scouting are. And yeah, we'll have to see about my guy, Andy Isabella. He <laughs> yeah. said faster than quick. Holy crap. He said that he ran faster than Denzel Ward in yeah. high school. And Denzel Ward Was ran a four, a 4 3.
1: Yeah, a, a, a low 4 3. So is
2: Isabella, like he said, Jim Nagy? A high 4-2 guy? He said, Jim Nagy, yeah. if you if didn't catch this, I'm going to re- bring this up. Because you're going to say, all right, well, Andy Isabella, UMass, Minutemen, all right, well, whatever. The competition's not there. Put up 200-plus yards over on Georgia. Yes, he did. So Go watch his highlights. They're fun to watch.
1: Yeah, And, and that's the key to the draft. Yeah, you got to hit early. But what kind of gems are you going to find in the third, Andre Dillard, yeah. round?
2: I, I'm curious to see how he plays.
1: And let's see how many draft picks the Jets have once they get to April. Right now it's at number three overall selection. That's a good place to be sitting at because you have your quarterback and uh, some teams are probably going to acquire, depending on how uh, the draft falls, but uh, teams are going to call up the Jets. It's going to happen. And we'll have to see how free agency plays out and things like that. Right now the Jets don't have any second round picks. Now, the Indianapolis trade last year was very interesting with the green and white on March 17th because the Colts had their quarterback. They go back from three to six, and they pick up a trio of second-round picks in the process. So
2: is there something similar out there for the Jets in April? We'll see. I think it's very possible, and we shall see. But that's all we have here on the official Jets podcast. That was, again, Jim Nagy. Follow him on Twitter at Nagy underscore SB. And Senior Bowl right around the corner. Maybe we'll speak to you from Mobile.